The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. This is the Connection Sports Podcast, covering high school sports in Robertson County. Here's your host, Joel Klinger. Hello and welcome to the Connection Sports Podcast, where we cover Robertson County area sports. I'm Joel Klinger. I'm the sports reporter for the Connection um, and work for Main Street Preps. And I am here today to give you guys a little bit more of an on-field perspective from um, football in week two to preview for week three. And also take you out to the golf course, a uh, place that not everyone can go all the time. But on Monday I went and it was fantastic. The weather was perfect um we got out of there just in time and uh i'll give you a little bit of insight on what's going on in greenbrier but first to start off we had week two of the football season and you know these were non-region games again and this was the last week for most teams when it came to games before the region schedule um and in terms of what effect that would play on the rest of their season that's still to be determined but we got some good looks at some crosstown rivalries. We had Greenbrier and White House went up against each other. East Robertson and White House Heritage went up against each other. And Springfield went all the way out to Clarksville, um, which is a 6A school. But they play in Montgomery County, where Springfield is now playing a lot of those Montgomery County schools in 5A in their region. Um, Joe Burns also hosted McEwen, and McEwen is a 1A school, but they also were in Humphreys County, so I'm sure it was a it was a good night for them to focus on on something other than than what was going on um, at home. Um, but all that to be said, this was a this was a great week of high school football, and I want to recap a little bit of every game with you. So here we go. First game I'm going to talk about is White House Heritage's win over East Robertson and Cross Plains. It looked as if the Indians were going to have a great chance after they scored the opening touchdown after a uh, fourth down stop against the Patriots. They were up 8 nothing, and then the next drive, uh, White House Heritage just went down the field and scored. But on that same drive, Taylor Groves um, came away with an injury, and, and that's, that's big news. He's one of the best players in the state, and when you take that caliber of player off the field, it's definitely going to hurt your team. Um... It appeared that East Robertson was going to get off the field in that drive when on fourth down at the goal line, the snap went over Tay Francis's head. He ran back, got it, turned around, and chucked into the end zone. And uh, Ty Minnick was there for the touchdown. And that's a swing. That's a swing. And I talked to Coach Dickerson about that after the game. Um, you know, those, those, those big plays like that can really swing a game in your favor or out of your favor. But for Friday night, it was in the Patriots' favor, and that's always a good thing if you're their head coach. I talked to him after the game. You know, how big of a momentum swing was that for you guys in your favor? You guys had a couple plays like that on a goal line where you scored and you held them out. You know, how big are plays like that in moments like that? Well, if you're going to win football games, somebody's going to step up and make a play, and if it's going to be a tight football game, it may have to be a, 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 a hand, you're going to look back at a handful of plays. And when we can do that, you know, we're our backs against the wall and we don't give up and we keep playing, I mean – Hats off to our kids because our kids are playing. I feel like they're playing playing their tails off because the snap before the fumble there in the first half, we had a linebacker come up and make a heck of a stick to, to keep a kid out. And it's those kind of things that we that we need to learn and get better at and, and really praise because those are the plays that nobody looks at. Everybody's going to see the fumble, but they didn't see the play before that. That's the kind of stuff that we got to keep doing and keep playing and get better. And um, we, I, I've already said it, we've got a long way to go. Um, I, we, I don't think we've played our best football yet. 
the fumble that Coach Dickerson is talking about there, it happened right before halftime, um, and it was a it was a fumbled snap, um, and it was a stop that the Patriots needed to stay to keep the lead um, right before halftime, and they just seemed to have the plays when they needed them. Um, it wasn't a perfectly clean performance from Heritage, but it was it was good enough. And you know, if you can take plays at the right time. You know, oftentimes that will be enough. Um, so Coach Dickerson said he's still learning about his team. They're still working out kinks and stuff like that. But 2-0 is pretty good. On the other side of the football, you know, Coach Pond, I talked to him after the game. And he, I asked him about Taylor Gross' injury. And they're they're hoping it's minor. But at the same time, they're ready for all these other guys to step up. You know, we talked before the season even started about, about the weapons that they have. And it's not just Taylor Gross. They have Sean Gross. They have Kievion Jones. They have... Uh, Elijah Gross, they have Isaiah Gross, they have Dylan Shroud, uh, Zach Prince, all these guys. Um, they have a lot of athletes, and they still feel like they can compete. Um, losing a game like this in terms of playoff standings doesn't mean much, if anything. Um, but in terms of what it means to these guys, what it means to the community, Coach Pond said it, it meant a lot, and uh, it's something they're going to have to live with for the rest of the year. Um, but ultimately, there is there is no day tomorrow, and you got your region slate coming up. So here's Coach Pond after the game. Um, you know, tonight obviously it's not a region game; it doesn't factor in when it comes to playoffs or anything like that. You know, what do you learn from a night like tonight to take it's with pride, you? Man, it's this one stings just like any other one. I feel like, man, it's like I told you earlier this week. I mean, anytime you're playing a team that's this close, a school this close, it's you know, it's a pride thing, and, and I feel like you know they. It means a lot to them, even though it's not a district game. It's still, I still feel like it means a lot to them, and it, this one's sting a little bit. But if you know, if it stings, that means you care. So it's just a, my biggest thing is just challenge them to see how they respond on Monday when you do play a Trousdale. Um, Trousdale's a good football team. They're going to run the football. It's just we're going to have to, you know, figure out what we can fix. And that's the good thing about playing good teams in week one and two is you find out what all you need to fix before that first district game. So uh, we're we're still in good shape, man. We. Uh, we just got to learn from our mistakes and continue to grind. As long as they do that, we, we should be fine with the bulk, like the toughest part of our schedules in the beginning of the year. So that's what I say. Just got to keep their heads up and, and come Monday ready to work. There was another game of two area schools that met, and it has been one of the longest running rivalries in the mid-state. Coach Elmore said it was the longest. And uh, it's Greenbrier White House. They met on Friday night as well, and White House was able to pull out a victory and only allowed Greenbrier to score seven points on the night, another it was another great night for Raynan Blackburn, and he's been a solid performer for them for years now. And now that he's a senior, this is really, you know, kind of his team. He's he's one of the leaders on this team and has the ability to take them to places that they may not have been in a while. And he had another great night on Friday night, and their defense had again had a solid performance, only allowing seven points to the Bobcats. So the White House was able to bounce back from their opening week loss to station camp and get on the win column. I had Tyler Graves there to report, and here's him talking to Coach Hamilton after the game. You can just talk about Raynan Blyburn's performance, you know, his ability to do it, but, you know, through the air and on the Right, you know, Raynan's our guy, man, and uh, he does a phenomenal job. He comes to work every day. Uh, you know, he studies, he prepares, but without his team and everything like that, you know, he's a great leader for our guys. He's always motivating his teammates to come out here and play. 
defensively, you know, can you, can you just talk about that performance on that side of the ball? Hey, man, Coach Day did a phenomenal job. Defensive staff, Coach Lotto did a great job putting a game plan together coming out here. Uh, you know, our kids did a great job executing a couple mistakes here and there. They'll go back and correct. But, uh, you know, Coach Day's been on us this week uh, about correcting the little things and making sure we do a better job. Man, he does a great job for us. Next week, you got your first uh, region game of the year against Cheatham County. You know, what are you expecting? Uh, Man, you know, really it's about us, like uh -huh. it's always been. You know, we want to take the things that we make mistakes at or the things that we're not very good at right now and work to get better. And just, we can correct those things. Hopefully good things will happen for us. The next game I want to go to is Springfield and Clarksville. Springfield went up there and wanted to get a win against Clarksville, a team that is going to be a mutual opponent to a lot of their teams that they're going to face in the region. Um, and they did. It was it was pretty clear who the better team was. The Yellow Jackets came out of there with a 27-10 victory. Um, but a key thing for them was Devin Crenshaw at quarterback. And I talked to Coach Wilson before the season started, and there are obvious differences between Devin Crenshaw and their former quarterback, Kevontes Hudson, who graduated. Kevontes Hudson is a little tiny guy, but he... You stands at 5'7", but he has wheels, and he can throw the ball pretty well. Um, it, it was a dynamic rushing attack that they could have with a mobile quarterback like him uh, behind center. And this season, a lot of people are thinking of Devin Crenshaw as a passer. He looks the part. He's, he's big. He's, he's over six foot. Um, he played linebacker last year. He's got a strong arm. Um, but... He's proving himself to be more than just a pocket passer. He scored three rushing touchdowns on Friday night against Clarksville. And one of them was a 45-yard touchdown run. And on that run, he broke a few tackles. And if you could find it on Twitter, I highly encourage you to do. Um, it was pretty impressive. So when teams are going to have to prepare for Springfield, they can't think, oh, okay, they don't have Kevontes Hudson anymore. We're not going to worry about the quarterback running the football. They can't do that anymore. It's Devin Crenshaw's time, and he's trying to remind everybody that, you know, this is what a Springfield quarterback does. You know, he saw Kevontes Hudson do it, and now he's like, all right, I'm going to go put my head down and get some more yards. Um, and that's a very, it's a very dynamic thing to have in high school. A lot of teams can't have that. Um, but those that do have a rushing quarterback opens up a whole new weapon. And our Clarksville reporter, uh, Brady McAtamney, talked to him after the game, uh, talked to Coach Wilson after the game about Devin Crenshaw. And uh, Coach Wilson says, you know, he's got it too. So uh, what did you see from uh, Crenshaw, uh, especially as a runner tonight? Just growth. I mean, everybody picks on him because he's so – He's grown a lot and gotten big and got a little bit heavier and stronger. And he's talking about slow, but I don't think anybody that watched this game tonight would have characterized him with that word. So uh, just development and growth from a kid that's getting started quarterback on his high school football team now. Uh, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to have him have fun together, and it's fun to have him celebrate with the linemen. So just, just growth and development. Yeah. Joe Burns hosted McEwen on Friday night, um, and they held a 20-8 to halftime lead, which sounds great. But they ultimately lost the game 22-20. to 20. Um, And I've talked with Coach Atkins. I know Tyler Graves was out there uh, two weeks ago for the opener. And, and Tom Atkins, the head coach of Joe Burns, was very clear that conditioning was going to be an issue. 
Um, he's got a small team. They're a one A school, and a lot of his focus early in the season, while they're not playing these region games, is just to be able to play a full four quarters. Um, and it didn't quite happen on Friday night against McEwen, but McEwen's not a region team. They start their region schedule this week, um, so Coach Atkins is going to be hopefully looking for his team to to play better. They're playing Red Boiling Springs. Um, and they should come away with a victory at Red Boiling Springs to get to get back in the win column. Um, Ryan Dallin had a 61-yard touchdown run. He finished with 86 yards on 14 carries, and he also threw 12 for 18 um, through the air with 187 yards. So, again, another dual-threat quarterback that people are going to have to look out for in 1A. This week on the schedule, we have all teams – in action uh, this week. Most are at home and almost all of them are playing region opponents, which is exciting because a lot of them are new region opponents. Um, first game on the docket, we got Springfield going up to Northeast. Uh, Northeast was blanked last week by Montgomery Central. Um, so Springfield will be looking to pick up their first win in 5A, their first region win in 5A this season. Greenbrier will be hosting Glencliff. Greenbrier is off to an 0-2 start, but um, Glencliff is off to a horrible start. Um, they have been outscored in their first two games by a combined 98 points. Um, so this may be exactly what the doctor ordered for Greenbrier to start off 1-0 in their new region. White House Heritage will be hosting Franklin Simpson from Kentucky. Again, I don't know much about Franklin Simpson, but White House Heritage is off to a 2-0 start. The first game of the season was against a Kentucky school, um, and they will be the only team in action this week that is not playing a region opponent. Um, so be on the lookout for that one at Heritage. White House will be hosting Cheatham County. Cheatham County lost to Harpeth last week, and White House is coming off of their victory against Greenbrier. Again, it's the first region opponent for both teams. And White House should be able to get this win. Rain Blackburn will be the best player on the field, and they should be able to lock it down. Trousdale County comes into East Robertson, and East Robertson will still be looking to hopefully get Taylor Gross back, but if not, just fill the gap as best they can um, and have those other guys step up. Trousdale County is not an easy matchup. Coach Pond and I have talked about this. Their, their schedule in the region is front-loaded. They have Trousdale County and Watertown early in the season. And Trousdale County is always a force in 2A. And it will be very difficult for the Indians to get a win, especially if Taylor Groves cannot play. If he does play, that heightens their chance. Um, but also, anything can happen on Friday nights. Um, that just We're just going to have to see what happens at East Robertson. And Joe Burns will be traveling to Red Boiling Springs. Um, Red Boiling Springs, you know, not known for their football. Um, and Joe Burns should be able to pick up their first Region 4 1A win this season. Again, that region only has four teams, so they are guaranteed to make the playoffs as long as there are playoffs and unforeseen circumstances do not arise. Um, and that's all the games for Week 3. On this podcast, I talked a little bit about... Uh, girls soccer i've talked quite a bit about volleyball through the first two episodes and this week i want to shift gears on monday we had the robertson county cup at legacy golf course in springfield and i was able to go out there take a lot of photos so if, if you would like to see photos of the golfers um 
there I put a whole gallery up. There's a lot of photos on there. I think it's over 50. So you just find that on MainStreetPreps.com under the Robertson County section, or you can find it at theconnection.com under the sports section. Um, at the Robertson County Cup, Greenbrier is was a force, and they will be a force. They made the state tournament last year as a team, um, and they have really talented golfers on their team. None more so than Tyler Williamson. Tyler Williamson competed for the state tournament as a sophomore last season. And I was there and I watched him do it. And he went blow for blow with the state's best. He is very capable of of competing for state again this year and leading Greenbrier back to the state tournament. He shot a 67 five under on Monday to win the tournament. And I talked to him after after the competition and you know he he has this score of five under which he could probably shoot in 27 holes what I could shoot in 18 and I wanted to get his perspective on on how he played on Monday you know it's the first thought you shot you shot a 67 which is you know any golfer out here would have taken that you know how, how what are your thoughts on how you performed today uh played really well uh played the course like it was supposed to be played birdied the par fives birdied a few other holes and just a really well day on the course you know you you're able to drive out drive a lot of these guys you know on i saw you on 18 had a eagle putt you know you know what is your mindset when you're attacking those longer holes those par fives is it just like i'm just gonna bomb it and see what happens you know what is going through your mind on those i just i like playing aggressive i don't like thinking about how far i can hit it because i know how far i can hit it and if I don't think about it, I know I can hit it well, put it on the green, and have a great chance at eagle or, you know, just an easy birdie. You know, you competed at state last year. You know, th- you can't do much better than that. You know, what are your expectations for yourself this year as you're a junior? Uh, again, try to make it back to state and play a little. I mean, I played well in state last year. I didn't play as good as I would like to. But if I make it back this year, I'd really like to go under par and maybe even have a good chance at winning. Tyler competed this this summer in the National Junior PGA Tournament for high school, and he was only able to do that because he won the Tennessee section, uh, the Tennessee tournament. Um, so that tells you about his future, about the player that he's now, um, and he's got a lot of talent and could do a lot with his golf career. All that said, there are still players on his team that can beat him from time to time. And one of them just arrived. His name is Carter Stroop. And he just arrived not as a transfer, not as an older guy. He arrived as a freshman. Um, This guy, he's won tournaments in the past. And he shot a 74 to come in second on Monday. And that kind of boost to to the team um, must be pretty impactful. To, To have a guy that is able to compete with one of the best golfers in state on your own team is mind-blowing uh these guys they're shooting around par every time and that's quite an achievement for high school golf so i wanted to ask tyler's thoughts on getting pressured by a freshman uh to come in and immediately be able to play with tyler and push him on holes uh, a freshman's joining your team, and normally that wouldn't be news, but Carter is, is very talented um, yeah. for a freshman. You know, what is it like to have a guy out on your team that it may actually push you, you know, on some of these 
on Silly's course. It's great having good competition. You know, me and him, we're in our matches, we're always competing, seeing who's going to beat each other. And again, he's a great help to the team. And it's just, it's fun playing someone when you go out there and you're trying to beat somebody. That's the way I like playing golf. But Carter's not just a golfer. He's not just a freshman in high school. He does a lot of things. A quick scan of his Twitter profile will show you all things that he does. He is a web designer, um, but also he hosts a podcast called The Perfect Par, where he's had some fairly big names in the golf community come on, and I want to let you hear him talk about that. So I talked to him on Monday after the match um, and, and talked to him about his experience in high school, his experience playing with Tyler, but also let him talk about what he does on the side. You know, you're a freshman this year. You know, we're working with the high school team for the first time. You know, what has this experience been like? What What has this first year, these first few tournaments been like for you? Uh, it's been good. It's been a good, you know, kind of learning experience. You know, team golf is always different than individual golf. Um, so that's always nice. But I've been playing well, which is always a bonus. Yeah, you know, you, you shot pretty well today. You're playing with uh, Tyler Williamson, who is one of the best golfers in the state. Um, you know, what, is it, what does it mean to have a guy like that on your team um, to kind of push you and for you to push him, you know, at, at this young age? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's, I always enjoy playing with more competition than I do. Uh, I'd always enjoy playing with more competition. And he and I definitely push each other, so it's always fun. Do you host a podcast? I do. Dude, what is, your pod, what is your podcast named and what is it about? So it's called The Perfect Par. I started it last year and I basically interviewed the best minds in the game. So this year I've interviewed multiple PGA Tour players, Corn Ferry Tour players, some of the best sports psychologists and trainers in the world. Um, and so just really good conversations focused especially on junior and collegiate golf. That's awesome. So what made you start that? You know, is that something you uh, want to so get into? It started in COVID. Uh, so February when or March when everything started shutting down, we didn't I didn't have anything else to do. So I just decided I'd start a podcast because why not? You know, you're pretty young for that. Have people told you that? Like you're yeah. pretty young for all this stuff. You know, what, what do people what do you think when people say like, oh, he's super young? I mean, you were in middle school last year. Right. Well, it's definitely that's what makes the podcast unique. It's a different perspective. It's a junior golfer interviewing some of the best golfers. So that's what makes it unique. And that's what makes it great. Who have you had? Uh, I've had Doc Redmond. He's a PGA Tour player. Maverick McNeely. He's another PGA Tour player. Um, I've had James Nicholas. He's a Corn Ferry Tour player. Brett McCabe, who he's a sports psychologist that his players won collectively over $20 million last year on the tour, um, and multiple other coaches and trainers, especially within the Nashville area. And that will do it for this week's episode of the Connection Sports Podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening uh, this far. You can always check out all of our content at MainStreetPreps.com under the Robertson County section. You can also find that at the Connection uh, website under the Sports section. Again, this has been Joel Klinger. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and please stay safe. We've had a lot of games canceled due to inclement weather, but also we've had a lot of games canceled for COVID. Um, Just stay safe out there, whatever the situation is. Just be smart um and let's hope that we can dodge some of those cancellations and and keep this thing going um it's great to be with you and it's great to do this job and i really appreciate it thank you guys so much have a good one you've been listening to the connection sports podcast covering high school sports in robertson county with your host joel klinger